Dr. Marketing Tips, paging Dr. Marketing Tips. Dr. Marketing Tips, you're needed in the marketing department. Welcome to the Dr. Marketing Tips Podcast, your prescription to the answers you seek to grow your medical practice easier, better, and faster. This show is all about connecting practice administrators and medical marketing professionals with peers working in practices, learning from experiences, making mistakes, and sharing successes. Let's get started. Hey there, welcome to the Dr. Marketing Tips Podcast. I'm Jennifer. I'm Corey. And today we are here to take a look at a trend that we have been observing on social media, in the news. It's outside of healthcare, but we think there are some implications to the medical practices that we work with. And so, Corey, why don't you kind of give us some background on this trend? Yeah, so the trend we're seeing is that store closures in the U.S. are at an all-time high. Uh, so far, over 7,000 stores have announced they're closing their doors just this year alone, according to CoreSight Research. So what we're seeing is that as these stores are closing down, these retail spaces, medical practices are starting to move into them. So experts um, say that for 2019, total store closures could top 12,000 which uh, is more than that's, that's ever been reported before. There's big chains closing like Bed Bath & Beyond and Fred's Pharmacy to name a few, but then we also see like locally, even in like Metro and some rural areas that um, you know, like one-off mom and pop stores are closing as well. So it's interesting because I come from a, um, before I got into being a business owner and starting the marketing group, I actually worked for one of the largest shopping center retail giants, Big Reet, and um, spent about 10 years in retail. And there's a Forbes article that basically says that, yeah, all of these, like, or like quite a few really large national chains are closing because retail, the retail environment has changed. But if you, if you review the Forbes article from 2018, it shows that retail sales are actually on the rise. And, you know, my experience working in retail um, with the shopping center developer, opening some very large um, shopping centers in some very large markets, is that, you know, retail is cyclical. And so, yeah, um, there may be some stores closing, but they're being backfilled. If the market's right and the product is right, and product, I mean, if the shopping center's right, then they're being backfilled with new concepts. And so a lot of these concepts that we're seeing, not actually, not a lot that we're seeing, but what we are seeing specific to medical practices are, you know, as they're looking to expand their operations, they're actually taking a look at a retail environment versus a professional office space environment. And I think that's a trend that we're going to see more and more. Yeah, I mean, patients, you know, they've sort of gotten used to certain conveniences, right? So uh, it makes sense for some practices to be in some of these spaces. And I know a couple of years ago that could have been, and it still is, I think, in some cases, kind of like a tough sell to some of the partners that say, you know, we, we are physicians. Why would we want to be in this plaza above a Panera Bread or whatever, you know? Um, but I think patients kind of, they, they like the fact that there's, um, there's ample parking and there's these walkable spaces, or if they, you know, if they have an appointment, maybe they have to drop somebody off, then they can sort of peruse and shop a little bit, grab a bite to eat. Um, in fact, we have a couple clients that are in some of these retail spaces and those offices do very, very well. 
Well, and you've got, there's an article in Healthcare Finance that talks about medical practices turning to retail tactics. And the reason being is we've got this huge rise in consumerism in the last decade or so. And just being able, you know, how quick and easy it is to buy online and to be expecting to walk into a retail space um, it's expected in the healthcare space as well. And so you're seeing more and more practices turning to some level of um, kind of tackling this consumerism, you know, face forward, like getting right up in it. And what I mean by that is, you know, you've got dermatology practices that are selling products. You know, we've got a, we've got a practice, um, a plastic surgeon who as part of his practice, he has a retail space that includes a salon. And what I mean by a salon is it's a hair salon. And then he sells hair products that are private labeled for his plastic surgery. So it's basically, it's a funnel. The retail environment for him is a funnel for increased patients. You've got the, we've got an ophthalmology group who is in a, that's moved into a large outdoor shopping center. They've got a Barnes and Noble in the shopping center. They've got a Talbot's, they've got restaurants there, but they're also using it. They're, they've, they've gotten into this whole retail sales, like direct to the consumer. You come in for your healthcare, but you also pick up your products. Well, right, and then they also have a full optical shop there, so it makes sense for people to you know walk in and they can sort of peruse the the optical shop and and they offer um, walking appointments on Saturdays and and uh, we also have some orthopedic clinics that have walk-in clinics in a retail in a retail environment, which you know when you think about it, it makes total sense because just in this environment, there's such an influx of foot traffic where if you're at a standalone medical plaza. And then you try and offer walk-ins or um, you know Saturday appointments or whatever. It's you're you're automatically not at a disadvantage, but you know you you don't have the advantage of people just walking by and either seeing the signage or you know spending yeah, a couple days there and and sort of coming top of mind for these folks when they need to walk in somewhere because you're you know right down the street from their favorite store or whatever the case may be. Yeah, I think we're seeing in in so many different specialties more of like these cash-based retail offerings. I mean, it blows me away that more and more, and it makes sense, I guess, but we're seeing weight loss programs inside orthopedic practices. We're seeing weight loss programs inside endoscopy practices where you know they're selling um, you know, food and weight loss advice to patients to help them prevent surgery. Or you know, back to the dermatology practice selling private labeled. Um, you're even seeing from a consumerism standpoint. You know, there's this expectation that if you're loyal to a particular brand, that you're going to be rewarded with brand points. We've got many clients that are now starting to do loyalty programs for you know their their spa services or you know med spas and things like that. You know, where they're rolling in Botox and injectables and. Um, just giving you points based on how loyal you are to them and then rolling that into kind of a funnel for the bigger part of the practice, which is the medical side of stuff. So I think we're seeing this more and more. Yeah, I was going to say a lot of the injectable providers and and, um, specifically on like the plastic surgery and and, like med spa side, they all sort of have those like loyalty programs in place where it's basically like copy, paste, drag and drop and you can start one. 
And we're starting to see practices sort of take that model and apply it to other things, which is really interesting. So I was listening to a podcast um, last week, and it's Med Spa Today. So basically, it's a podcast just for people in the med spa industry. They had a, um, a nurse practitioner who has gone out on her own, and she just focuses on injectables now. So she was, this is interesting, she was on Instagram. Um, and she happened to be part of an Instagram community with a large REIT. Um, a REIT is um, basically the holding company for developers and when they build, build it in their shopping centers. And she was in a community on Instagram talking um, with people in the REIT that are like all around the shopping centers. And the shopping center folks approached her to open a med spa concept just for injectables. It's a boutique spa a retail spa to put it into 85 of their products, uh, 85 of their properties. And basically the gist of the, of the podcast is um, when you get offered a seat on a rocket ship, you don't ask questions like which seat am I going to be in? Am I in first class? Whatever you get on the rocket ship. <laughs> yeah. And that's what she's saying. Like she was a, a pediatric cardiac nurse in like a NICU unit. And then she transitioned somehow into being somebody who specialized in injectables. She got onto Instagram, and then from Instagram, she got offered a seat on a rocket ship to open 85 retail shops for a boutique med spa that just focused on um, injectables. Wow. So, I mean, I just think we're seeing this so much more and more. And I think there's other benefits of being in a retail space. One, you know, your your patients are going to like it because if you, especially if you have a wait time issue, mm-hmm. you know, you can give, almost give your patients a buzzer. They can go around and, you know, just like you would if you were at a restaurant and somebody says it's going to be a 30 minute wait or an hour wait, no problem. The doctor's running behind. I'm going to walk next door to Starbucks or I'm going to go right over here to the Barnes and Noble and I'm going to grab a book or something like that or do some shopping. So I think it helps from a patient standpoint, but I also think so our offices are, for our listeners, are inside of a very large orthopedic practice. We sublet space at the orthopedic practice, and our team is inside a suite that's tied to their surgery center. They um, moved into a retail environment about 10 years ago. I think they were a little bit ahead of the curve, and that's when we started having space at their place. But from an employee standpoint, the employees love the fact that they're in the retail environment. It used to be when employees were going to go to lunch, they had to get in their car and drive to lunch somewhere, and or they'd bring their lunch, and then the break room would get crazy busy. But now, um, in the shopping center that we're in with them, they've got a Starbucks, there's a Target with a grocery attached to the Target, so there's a deli, we're often in there, there's restaurants everywhere, you know, you're super close to things, and in fact, it's the large orthopedic practices there, and the hospital has all of their communication people in the same building, because sometimes in a retail environment, you've got like an upstairs that has office, so there's a lot of different benefits that go with it, so not just patient experience, but also employee experience. Yeah, and one thing that we see constantly as we monitor reviews and reputations of some of these practices is we know how important the overall patient experience is. One of the biggest complaints, typically, is is wait time, so think of... Uh, being in a retail space as an opportunity to sort of have this passive opportunity to curb some of that negative feedback potentially about wait times just because you happen to be in this space. You don't actually have to change anything about operations or whatnot. You just happen to be in a place where people want to be and they don't complain about it as much. So if they don't complain about it, 
it sort of inherently improves the patient experience without having to do any extra work, which is a win. Uh, yeah, I think this is all good stuff, and I think we're going to see as the retail environment changes and as consumerism um, becomes more and more on the forefront of thought for medical practices, we're going to see this as a trend that's going to continue, especially as we see you know medical practices growing over the next couple of years. So I think that's probably about it for today. Um, with that, I'm Jennifer. I'm Corey. We'll see you next time on the Doctor Marketing Tips podcast. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to the DrMarketingTips.com podcast. If there's anything from today's show you want to learn more about, check out DrMarketingTips.com for our podcast resource center with all the notes, links, and goodies we mentioned during the show. If you're not already a subscriber to our show, please consider pressing the subscribe button on your podcast player so you never miss one of our future episodes. And if you haven't given us a rating or review yet on iTunes, please find a spare minute and help us reach and educate even more of our medical practice peers. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Doctor's Orders.